try to find that first word to come out of your mouth, you know? Lemons. Lemons. I don't know why lemons have been on my mind all week. I I don't even like lemons. I like lemon cookies and stuff like that. But lemons, you know, y'all know the old saying, when life gives you lemons, make lemonade, right? Well, I think that life has given us a lot of lemons lately. Society, culture, what we've experienced through politics and all kinds of stuff. We've got a download of lemons this year. And it's time for us to start making some things of them. life's giving you lemons this year, make me some cookies. You know? Make me some pie. Make me something lemon, you know? But I say that in, in, in this is that we're living in the most blessed time that we could ever live. Because we live in a different realm. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom come. We live in a different kingdom. I mean, we, we reside in this world, but we live in a kingdom. And that kingdom is a blessed kingdom. And we need to learn how to take this, what, what we've been given in this time, and make something out of it. At the beginning of the year, we thought, well, 2020, you know, it's going to give us perfect vision and focus and all this good stuff, you know. Oh, this is going to be such a grand year because we've got vision. But let me tell you something. 2020 should have given us vision. But for so many, it's taken the vision out of us. And it's time for we as the church to get it back. This is the most blessed time because... The world has gone to hell in a handbasket, so to speak. But we're not of this world. We're of a different world. We're of a world that has a better handbasket. It's not hell that we bring. It's heaven that we bring. And it's time to make something out of it. I mean, if if lemonade is all you can make, make lemonade. But if you can do something cool with it, do something cool with it. You know, it's it's been a, it's been a year when we when we went into all this um, quarantine stuff and all that kind of stuff. You know what? Quarantines for sick people. We're not sick people. We're well. But when we went into all this stuff, I said this is a time to reset. This is a time to reset. This is not church as usual. And here we we've, we've got back to church. Let's not make it a church as usual. I hear my son come back and he's got a fire on the inside of him. 
And it's not to bring attention to him, it's to release among us. And it's time for us to have a fire. It's time for us to begin to let God know, let people know around us that we've got something. We've got heaven. We got lemonade. We got lemon cookies and lemon pie and lemon cake. If you don't like lemons, find something that you like. Life gives you coffee, beans, make coffee, you know? Amen. It's, it's time, God. Guys, we need to reset. We need to reset. We need to come out of the gate hard. We didn't get a um, Kentucky Derby this year yet. But it's like when they load them horses in that gate, waiting for that buzzer, waiting for that bell. I believe that we've already been given the we're loaded and we're ready. That last horse is coming in the gate, guys. It's time to get amped. It's time to come out. It's time to come out. Time to come out. Father, thank you so much, God. We glorify you. We magnify you. We worship you. We thank you, God. Come on. 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 Come on, Father, light them up, light them up, light them up, not just here in this building, but Father, give us eyes to see one person this week, one person who needs what we have, they need what we have, they need the love, they need the heaven, they need the lemons that we got. Thank you, Father, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Do you receive Him? Do you receive Him in this place? Do you receive His presence? Come, Lord. This morning, there are people going to get healed. There's people going to get delivered. There's going to be things, habits that you thought you had that when you leave this building today or when you log off today, that when you do, all of a sudden, those those desires will be gone. They're going to be gone. They're going to be gone. You won't even know it until you go, I don't care about habits. I don't care about sickness. I don't care about things that hold me back. I don't care. Now I got to go find the one to give that to. I got to go find that one. Because I promise you, if you're faithful with the one, He'll give you more. Amen. Amen. Father, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for this time. Father, I thank you so much for what you're going to bring to this place, what you're going to bring into this place, what the the word that's going to be released today. Father, the fire that's going to be released today, the lemonade that's going to be released today. Father, those things that will refresh us, renew us, reset us. Father, those things that will come as a great reward of carrying heaven on earth. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. You believe that this morning? All right, well, turn around and tell somebody that you believe it for them. Everything got quiet. All right. Good job, guys. Thank you, Father. Well, good morning, everyone. You guys are quiet. 
Good morning, everyone. All right. Well, it's good to see you guys today. Uh, my name is Darren Gleghorn. I'm the lead pastor here at Cowboy Church. And uh, it is so good to have you in here. Those that were able to show up with us this morning um, and those that are joining us online, we just thank you so much for, for allowing us to, to be a part of your lives. And it's good to be back in the house of God today, right? Amen. So today um, we've got a awesome, awesome uh, blessing for you. And um, I get the honor of, of um, presenting that blessing to you guys. Um, <clears throat> Cody and Candace Lostro have been a part, of our, a part of our life and family here at Cowboy Church for many years. Um, man, you guys were just kids coming over to the barn and, and um, dating, being a cute little couple. Now you're a cute old couple. <clears throat> Got two kids of their own and, and, and experienced life and all that good stuff. And man, it is such, a, it is such an honor to know the Lostros. And um, if you haven't met them, uh, you need to meet them. They're, they're a joy to be around and, and um, uh, you never know what you're going to get. That's with Cody. You know what you're going to get with Candace. You know, she's just sweet all the time But Cody. Anyways, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's an honor to, to be a part of their lives. Um, several years ago, <clears throat> Candace stepped up to be a part of, they've, they've always been serving in the church, in this church. <clears throat> and, um, but she stepped up several years ago to, to lead our women's ministry. And what a, what a fantastic job she's done leading our women's ministry. And um, uh, what I have <clears throat> seen with her is the, the power of God, the empowerment that she, the, the empowerment from heaven that she carries and, and the empowerment to women that she gives through that is phenomenal. And um, I, you know, I just love the spirit that she carries. And so um, while we were not meeting here um, over the last several months ago, uh, a couple of months ago or whatever, we were doing worship, doing worship nights uh, during our fast. Y'all remember that? <clears throat> well, Candace was here one night helping with the worship and um, she sings like a bird too. I mean, she's, she's got that going on. She, she's like a total package, isn't she, Cody? So... <clears throat> But she was walking across here, and I, and I caught her, and I said, uh, I said, it's time for you to preach on Sunday morning. She looked at me like a deer caught in the headlights, you know. And uh, I said, it's, it's, it's time I'd like you to preach. And she said, okay. Okay. And walked out the door. So <clears throat> anyways, I got with her, she got with us, and we set up a date, and today is the day. Today is the day. You know that you know that thoroughbred sitting in the gates waiting for that buzzer. It's time. So I want to introduce to you guys do the Cowboy Church welcome, if you would, to our very own Candace Lostro. Come on up. Hi there. Yeah. Sorry, I totally forgot about that. How is everyone this morning? Hello. My mom and dad's here. <laughs> Oh, I'm so excited to be up here. It is an honor. Do you know when you're smiling and your mouth gets dry and then your lips don't go back over your teeth? That's kind of what was happening earlier. So I'm going to drink some water. All right. I'm already telling on myself. 
I'll tell a little bit more on myself too because that's what I do. Um, when I'm nervous, I smile. So if you see me smiling, it's because I'm nervous. <laughs> so like Pastor Darren said, um, we've been a part of this church for a long time. Um, I was trying to like calculate it up. I think it's a close to 16 years. And um, I got to be acquainted with this church and the people in this church and the leaders through my husband. And um, we were, well, back then it was my boyfriend or maybe even just like a kid that I liked when we were in like youth rodeo. So I grew up rodeoing um, since like a little one all the way up through college. And that's where I met Cody and found this place. So it's been such a blessing. Um, One of the things that I remember as a kid growing up, traveling to rodeos all over Colorado, Wyoming, Nebraska, Kansas, all those areas, was my dad had an old Chevy two-tone blue pickup. And, (laughs) And in that pickup, there was a cassette player because it was that kind of year. And my dad had all of these old country cassette tapes from the 70s and 80s, like the good country. Can I get an amen? Anybody? Yeah, the good country. And I I was telling Pastor Darren, I was like, I have not thought of this song for years. But when I was kind of reading and studying for this message, this song was what popped up into my head. And um. It's a song called God Must Be a Cowboy by Dan Seals. And you may have heard the Chris Ledoux version, but I believe Dan Seals was the, the original. And I kind of researched the song a little bit. It was um, recorded the year before I was born. <laughs> so 1985. Um, but I remember this song. Do you, are you guys, anybody familiar with that song? Like, God must be a cowboy at heart. So it's a good one. Um, so when I was studying for this message... I was led to the scripture, and we're going to bring it up, and if you've got your Bibles, you can turn to it. It's in Matthew 21, and we're going to start right on verse 1, and I will turn there as well. And in your Bible, you may see that there's a little chapter title there, and it says, The Triumphal Entry. Everybody there? All right. 21.1, now when they drew near to Jerusalem and came to Bethphage, I think that's how you say that, at the Mount of Olives, um, then Jesus sent two disciples, so it was the disciples and Jesus they're talking about here, saying to them, go into the village opposite you and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Loose them and bring them to me. And if anyone says anything to you, you shall say, the Lord has need of them, and immediately he will send them. All this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, tell the daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming to you, lowly and sitting on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. So the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them. They brought the donkey and the colt and laid their clothes on them and set him on them. And a very great multitude spread their clothes on the road. Others cut down branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Then the multitudes who went before and those who followed cried out saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he had come into Jerusalem, all the city was moved saying, who is this? So the multiples, the multitude said, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth of Galilee. 
So as you see here, Jesus was riding on a colt in a couple different translations say, or even different stories in the Bible, different chapters say that it was an unbroke colt. So there you go. Jesus was a cowboy. I just had to point that out. But, <laughs> but anyways, I actually think that our American cowboy adapted the characteristics of the American cowboy from Jesus. Um, you know, being honest, being courageous, sacrificial, and passionate. I believe that that really makes up what the American cowboy is, and it's completely who Jesus was. Um, when Jesus was riding into Jerusalem, the people threw down palm branches, threw their cloaks on the ground, laid a carpet for what they saw as their king, their conqueror coming into Jerusalem. And if you know anything on the context of what was happening at this time, is that there was Roman oppression. It was darkness. It was chaos. It was hard, hard times. Sounds kind of like today, right? But they saw Jesus as someone coming in to save the day. But as we all know, Jesus had another plan, right? Um, I'm going to leave you right there thinking on that. Jesus had another plan. But I want to tell you a little bit more about us. So if you know anything about me and Cody, we've got two little girls. And they are age six. And Sheridan will be eight years old tomorrow. So I've got Odessa, who's six, and I have Sheridan, who's eight. And we homeschool. So that means that they're with us 24-7. It's amazing. No, just joking. I really, really love it. I love teaching them. Um, some of our favorite things to do are go on field trips, and we get to go on the most epic field trips. We've been to eight national parks now, lots of zoos, lots of museums, and my girls are just like, that is their favorite thing to do. Um, and so recently, we had the opportunity to go to the state capitol a few weeks ago. And as their homeschool teacher, I was like, oh, this will be such a great experience to show them what the government building looks like, what happens there, how bills are passed, and how government happens. And then the other reason we were there is we were going down there to voice our concern and to kind of stand up for our rights as parents against a bill that was being passed to take medical choice away from us as parents against for our children. And so we were going down there to also um, kind of voice our concern on that. Um, to preface this, I've never done anything like this. Uh, I have never protested anything. It wasn't like a protest like you've seen in the news lately. It was basically just a bunch of parents, grandparents, caretakers, teachers showing up and just being like, hey, like we want medical choice. Like that's basically what it was. Um, but I have never done anything. I was very nervous, especially bringing two little girls down to a place that had been completely chaotic a couple days before. But we were safe inside, so don't worry. Um, so with that, um, we were there all together, all these people. I knew one person out of about 80 people, and we were getting ready to go into this big assembly hall room to um, show our presence there, to show our opposition. The representatives that were hoping to fight this bill had told us, like, we want you in the room. We want to show that you are there to oppose this bill. And just as we were all getting ready to go into the room, the security guard stopped all of us. And he was like, no more than 10 people can go into this room that holds 80 people, just by the way, no more than 10 people can come into this room. And to say that there was an uproar is an understatement. Um, there were people, there was one mom that was like, let's just storm the room. And there was another one that was like, we're just going to scream and yell and tear everything.
everything up out here in this hallway until they let us in. And then another one said, go get in your cars and we're going to drive around the building honking our horns and screaming. All of those things I did not want to do. <laughs> I was like, no, I'm out. I don't want to get arrested today. Um, my children, I, yeah, I'm, I'm not here to get arrested. That is not why I came down here. And I'm out. Sorry, folks, but I guess I'm not the protester that you think I am. Um, so when all of that was happening, I heard God so clearly speak in his very quiet and peaceful voice, pray. Why don't you pray? And I was like sitting there going, I don't want to. I don't know anybody here. I don't know if they're going to be mad at me. I don't know their faith backgrounds. I don't know if I'm allowed to do that in this government building. I might get arrested for praying. I guess I could go to prison for that. Like I'd be okay with that. But I really don't want to. Like the fear of man was a real happening right there inside of me. Um, so Holy Spirit sometimes just starts t- coming out of your mouth and you're like sitting there going, is that me? Like, am I saying that? And so out loud, I was like, hey guys, could we pray? And <laughs> people stopped and they looked at me and they quieted down. And um, it was really cool because you know, the word spread like, hey, we're going to pray, we're going to pray, we're going to pray. And so all of us gathered up and we got in a circle and I just said, hey, we're going to pray. We're going to reach our hands out towards the assembly hall and we're going to pray over whatever is going to happen in this place. And I don't remember everything I said. And, you know, I'm so thankful that scripture, you know, tells us that in Matthew 10, 20, that we don't really need to know the words that Holy Spirit will you know, tell it, he will show up and he will give us the words to say. And I think I prayed something along the lines of like, no matter the outcome, no matter if it's good or bad that happens today, God will make good of this. And I know I was crying and I know my voice was shaking because when you have that adrenaline going, that just kind of happens. And, um, but we said, amen. And about 30 seconds later, the security guard opened the door and he was like, all right, I'll let 10 more people in. And to me, that was like, woohoo, all right, so that happened. Like, that was a win. And so 10 more crazy people got to go to the assembly hall. I'm not just, they're not crazy. Like, they're, it was good. It was awesome. But they got to go in there. And unfortunately, the bill did get passed bipartisanly. Um, a lot of people were crushed. A lot of people were upset. And, but I feel like in my book, it was a win. God got to show up at the Capitol that day. I don't know if maybe his, his name hadn't been spoken for a long time in those hallways is kind of the way that it felt in there. And so I was glad that I could at least be obedient and say the name of Jesus in that, that place. Um, with all of that, um, after that day, it may have looked like a failure to some, but God doesn't see little setbacks as defeat. Um, he believes and he can use people stepping up and using courage as a breeding ground for victory. And so no matter what happened that day, I felt like that kind of started to take place there. Um, so I got home that day and I actually wrote something down that was just kind of rumbling inside of me. And what I wrote down was the path to victory is paved with courage, with surrender, And with obedience. And so stepping onto that path that day, uh, I I stepped out in 
courage. And I know I'm not trying to make myself look like this big thing like or anything. I know that anybody could have done that that day. But for me, that was a big, courageous first step. Um, and I want to break those three different things down, that courage, that surrender, and that obedience for you. So the Merriam-Webster's Dictionary defines courage as mental or moral strength to venture, persevere, and withstand danger, fear, or difficulty. The ability to do something that you know is difficult or dangerous. Um, a few examples that maybe you've stepped out in and you've stepped and made courageous steps is maybe raising your hand and accepting Christ for the first time um, or admitting that you did it in front of somebody else, talking to them and acknowledging that you are following Jesus. Another may be um, at the grocery store in a public place and you just feel it on your heart or in your spirit to go share a word with somebody or go um, just pray with them. That's that's a courageous first step. Um, And then just just doing things that maybe you wouldn't do them if you didn't know Jesus, right? Like knowing Jesus is just having that courage inside of you. So God is our greatest comfort, but he's not held back by our comfort zones. And so when we get to step out, step out of our comfort zone, we give him something to work with. Um, So many times God's opportunities look like risk to us. They look scary. (laughs) We don't want to do them. It looks like embarrassment. And it's that really defines of, or the definition of fear of man, fear of what somebody else is going to do to me because I stepped out or I said this, or I stood my ground on for something that I believe in. And the Bible actually talks quite a lot about courage. Um, I kind of did a little search. I found it at least 25 times that God tells his people to have courage or to be of good courage. And I'll bring one of those up here in Deuteronomy 36. It says, be strong and of good courage. Do not fear nor be afraid of them for the Lord your God. He is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. And what the, the children of Israel were dealing with right here in Deuteronomy was um, not being brave enough or not having courage enough to cross the river into the promised land. They were scared. They wanted to stay in the wilderness because that was their comfort zone. But God's promises, God's abundance, God's blessing was on the other side, outside of their comfort zone. Um, human nature craves comfort. Like, if you look at the world that we have around us, it's pretty darn comfortable, right? You've got a computer in your back pocket at all times, and you can look up anything you want to do. You you get to know the weather, where you're going, what the satellite image of wherever you're at looks like. I mean, warm, comfy beds. We've got it pretty dang good, right? Human nature craves comfort. So our flesh wants nothing to do with stepping out in courage most of the time. Our flesh wants to remain static when God wants us to move. That's what faith is, though, stepping out and trusting God, right? Even if we don't know the next step, it's not called faith then. If we know the next step, really, it's not faith. Um. One of the, one of, somebody that I love to listen to, he's got, I think, like the number one rated podcast, maybe underneath a couple other guys, but his name's Jocko Willick. He's a um, retired Navy SEAL. 
He's leadership. <laughs> Somebody knows him. <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm not the only fan. No, my husband loves him too. But anyways, he's, I mean, does a lot of leadership training. Um, just, I mean, the guy is awesome. So look him up. You'll like him. But he has this quote about comfort. We are enticed by comfort. Most of us aren't defeated in one decisive battle. We are defeated by one tiny, seemingly insignificant insignificant surrender at a time that chips away at who we should really be. And I might add who God created us to be. So you may be saying, well, in my life right now where I'm at, I don't know what the next step is, Candace. God hasn't shown me. God hasn't told me. Um, And I would say to you, I would quote Cody Lostro. And he would say, God gave you a brain use it. That's my husband. That's what he says. Yes. God, God just wants one step of faith, something, something to work with. Um, we, since we grew up rodeoing, of course we rode lots of young horses. My husband or my husband, my brother is a horse trainer. And, um, if you know anything about when you get that first ride on a horse, they're, they're used, they've accepted the saddle. They've accepted the bit. Maybe you're getting on them for the first time in a round pen. And it feels like this ball of like dynamite, dynamite that you're just sitting on. And if you were to, um, just, kick them in the sides, they're going to buck most likely, and you're going to get planted on your head. But if you can just get them to take one small step forward, you can get that horse to start moving right or left so easily. If they are standing in a spot and all tight and not moving, it's so hard to move them to the right or left. I know some people know that vision. They've been there. You can feel that. I know a lot of people are nodding going, yep, been there. So either two of those things happen there. Um, So with that, God is saying, give me something to work with. Take that one step and I can move you to the right or the left. But it takes that first, that one step of courage. Um, And one of the things, (laughs) I'm going to say it because it's just funny that God gave me this. But God really, he doesn't care to, to use kids that are lazy and immovable. I'm just going to say it. And I have a perfect picture of this. My two little girls do Brazilian jiu-jitsu. And Sheridan is my go-getter. She is loving it. She is passionate. She's practicing it anytime she can on any friend that will let her. (laughs) And then Odessa, she just does it when her other friends are not at the gym to play with. So if her other friends are not there, she's like, fine, I'll do class. But Odessa will lay under somebody that obviously is in the more dominant position to like do, you know, like choke her out, or do something. She will just lay there. And they're not putting in her in a submission. It, there's no pressure going on, nothing. And she will be tapping out. And she's not even in submission. Like nothing's happening. She's just like, get off of me, get off of me. But I look at that and I'm like, man, Sheridan's moving, going, doing. There's something happening in Odessa. I'm not just going to tap out. I'm not, I'm dying. Get me out of here. So um, I give you guys that vision because God wants people, he wants his kids to move. He wants his kids to be stepping out, courageous, walking in faith with him. Faith is not faith if you're not trusting God with a, the next step that you can't see. 
So that next component of that pathway to victory, and remember that pathway that Jesus has taken into Jerusalem on that donkey, is surrender. And surrender requires that you give something up or you lay something down. Um, So many times some examples could be pride, they could be fear and anxieties, they could be worldly, worldly securities, like when Jesus talked about you know, laying stuff down as the rich young ruler was talking to him. And it could also be toxic thinking, which I'm going to come back to. So when we surrender, when we give him ourselves as a living temple, he gives us the kingdom because he trusts us. And I've heard this before, and it just resonated so much with me, is when we give him the house, he gives us the kingdom. So if you can remember those two things going together. And he doesn't, he doesn't leave us as a broken shell. He always fills us up. And we get the promise of the Holy Spirit. Like, how cool is that? The same Holy Spirit that Jesus walked this earth with lives inside of his children, the believers. Um, and just remember this, too. You're always surrendered to something. So you're either surrendered to the flesh, to the ways of this world, to the enemy, or you're surrendered to Holy Spirit. I don't know about you, but I think I'd rather be surrendered to the Holy Spirit. Um, So what does surrender look like in my life? Uh, First off, it looks like getting up here in front of all of you because this takes, this takes some, I don't know, it takes something. And like, I don't know how you guys do it every week because this was, this was a lot, but I'm so glad to do this. I was really excited about this message. And um, yeah, I just know, I'm hoping today you guys leave with some good stuff. But it also looks like walking away from friendships or relationships that maybe our identity is tied to. And more than anything for me, surrender has looked like the giving up of a toxic mindset. And so a toxic mindset is basically believing lies about yourself or believing lies about God. And the enemy, he is so, so quick to give us lies. I mean, And they're not even like blatant all out there. He's gotten really good at being deceptive too. Like we think that we came up with it when a lot of times it was the enemy doing it in front of you. Um, But when we are surrendered to Holy Spirit, when we are following after Jesus, when we're reading scripture, when we're praying, when we're surrounding ourselves with people who will speak life into us, we get to hear God's truth. We hear that truth that he speaks over us and that freedom that he gives us when we are letting him um, take that toxic mindset and fill us up with what, how he thinks of us, how he sees us. So um, I just wanted to bring up one more scripture, Romans 8, 6 in the Passion slash Lynette translation. <laughs> the, mindset, the mindset of the flesh is death. The mindset of the Spirit, Holy Spirit, is life and peace. So I just want to ask really quick while you're here, are you believing any lies about yourself or are you believing any lies about God? That's something that maybe each day when we hit blocks in our road, when somebody makes us mad or we get offended or we get left out or all these different things, God can usually point out a a lie that we've been believing about ourselves or about him. And he wants to make that right. Um, And 
something that we get the promise of the Holy Spirit, which is so, so cool. And I saw this pop up on social media a few months ago, and I feel bad. I don't remember who put it, but the story was about a believer got to heaven and they got to meet with David. And they were like, how cool was it that you got to defeat Goliath with three stones? Like, how cool was that? What did that feel like? And David was like, well, it was really cool. But man, how was it to get to have the Holy Spirit inside of you, walking out life, your whole entire life? Like, Holy Spirit came upon David, but it wasn't the indwelling Holy Spirit inside of him. So that's what we get. That's what we get as believers, the indwelling Holy Spirit. All right, so that last component of the path to victory is obedience. Obedient in Greek is, did anybody's butt cheeks like tuck when I said obedience? I don't know. Mind you. Because obedience to me is like, it's just a lot. And it like, I don't know, an obedient person always reminds me of like the bully's secondhand man, like the one that he just bosses around and does whatever he wants. But anyways, so obedient in Greek, back to the definition is I had to, um, you can find out how Greek is like spoken out, translated on Google. It's kind of cool, but it's hupa kuo and hupa means under authority and kuo means I hear. And in one of my favorite devotionals, it's Rick Renner's book, Sparkling Gems from the Greek. It says that obedient people are one, under authority, two, listening to what their superior is saying, and three, carrying out the orders that have been given to them. Um, For example, like a military soldier. So obedience to God is an honor that we as children get to do. And we get to follow God. We get to be, you know, the feet and the hands and the mouthpiece of Jesus because we're his kids. And he's such a good, good father. We're able to trust him and we're able to walk out and do what he wants us to do because we know he's a good, good father. If you feel like you can't be obedient to God, if you feel like it's hard or you don't want to, I would suggest getting to know him a little bit better. That's my heart. Um, I know him pretty well. There's still so much I'd rather or that I want to know more about him. But for right now, he's a pretty darn good father, and I would trust to do whatever he wants me to do right now. Um, Oh, thank you. (laughs) But when when we are walking in obedience in the Father, we are in direct defiance to our flesh, the enemy, and the ways of this world. So when you're seeing people loving people and like accepting them and speaking truth over them, not accepting their sin, but speaking out who God sees that they are. That is obedience. That is walking out the obedience of the father and direct defiance of the flesh. And so one thing I really want you guys to walk away with today, because this was something that kind of like, it was the elbow in the side when you're sitting in like church service and they say something about like husbands, like treat your wives like this. Like this was like the elbow in my side was that what your obedience, you walking in obedience doesn't mean that you get to judge other people's disobedience. And so when you see other people walking in disobedience or they're living their life in sin or all of these things, 
you're not there to judge them, but, and if you are, you're walking in disobedience. <laughs> it's a cyclical thing. <laughs> I believe that, yes, we should, like, hey, hey, buddy, like, you're a brother and sister in Christ, and they're, you know, they're sinning, they're walking in this, like, talking to them about the fruit that's coming out of their life, saying, like, there's, this is just something that God's put on my heart that I want to share with you. I believe in conviction. I believe in speaking the truth over people, but not dropping the hammer on somebody and not pointing out saying, you're in disobedience. That's, that's what I'm talking about there. So obedience. No one was greater at obedience than Jesus. And I want to take us back to Matthew 21, 1, in that triumphal entry or... If after this message, you might even like write it next to it, your, to it in your Bible, the pathway to victory. So Jesus chose to get on that donkey, knowing, having a pretty good idea of what was going to happen in Jerusalem to him. And him taking that step, going, even when he didn't want to, when it would have been the difficult or the dangerous thing, remember the definition of um, courage, that was courage. So that pathway was paved with courage. And then Jesus humbled himself. People, kings rode on, they rode on horses. They did not ride on the little donkeys. But Jesus humbled himself and he surrendered himself by riding on a donkey into Jerusalem. So you got surrender there. So the, that pathway to victory is paved with courage. It's paved with surrender. And if you remember, the Jewish people, they laid out palms, they laid out clothing, they carpeted that pathway because they believed Jesus was their conquering king coming to wipe out the Romans, get rid of everybody, and save everybody, save all of the Jewish people. But Jesus, he chose to endure the cross. He didn't just come in there to wipe out Romans. That's not, that was not his motive. That was not his plan. That was not God's plan. The Jewish people wanted him to come and save a people group, the Jewish people. But Jesus came to offer salvation for everyone, all of mankind from the beginning of time all the way until, you know, now. He offered his, himself as a sacrifice for that. And that is obedience. So bringing this back up to modern times, uh, have you looked around at all the chaos, all the destruction, all of the turmoil and oppression, everything that's going on in this world, and have you cried out, Jesus, come back and just take us out of this place. Please, just come back. Like, we just want out of this place right now. I know that I've thought, I've entertained that thought a couple times. Like, this sucks. We don't want to be here anymore. Just take us out. But... <laughs> If we are the body of Christ, if Jesus died for us, we need to change that toxic mindset. That is not the mindset of Christ. That is not the mindset that he had when he took that pathway to victory. When he got on that donkey, humbled himself, walked in courage, rode into Jerusalem, the place where he would be killed, but before that beaten, stripped, totally betrayed by all of his friends and left all alone to die on a cross that he did that 
to save all of us, to save all of mankind, not just the Jewish people. And it's the same thing that he's doing today. And we are the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. We need to stop being lazy, useless children who just want to get the heck out of here. Sorry, that is what my heart is. (laughs) And I want, I want us as Cowboy Church, Cowboy Church, come on. We've got the character of Christ on the inside of us. We have the Holy Spirit on the inside of us that we need to be going out. We need to be telling people about Jesus. We need to be loving people. We need to be bringing them into the kingdom of God more than ever, more than ever. And that is not something where we just get to sit back and just be like, Holy Hoover, come and pick us up, Jesus. I don't want to be here anymore. Jesus is coming back. To heck with the rest of you. No, we need to be the hands and feet. We need to be the courageous ones who are stepping out. If you're at the grocery store, people, mask or no mask, you better talk to those people. You better talk to those people that are maybe looking their nose down at you or looking at you in any way. Just love on them. Talk to them. We need to be offering ourselves as, as the sacrifice, surrendering ourselves to Holy Spirit, going places that maybe we don't want to go, showing up and praying over places that we don't want to pray over, talking to people, writing our government officials, showing up and voting, doing something to bring the kingdom of God into our realm of influence. So, <laughs> so as you see, all of these elements, it paves the way, paves the way to the pathways of victory. Even if that pathway of victory is hard, painful, and embarrassing to you, it's always worth it. You will never regret stepping out and doing something for Jesus. And yes, the enemy may come real, real quick and accuse you, try to embarrass you, try to humiliate you. But if you know that you did it for Jesus, then you've got it. Um, So when we walk in this path, souls are saved And God gets to love on his creation. Jesus' work on the cross is manifested for all of those to partake of. We are his boots on the ground. And maybe you've missed opportunities. Maybe opportunities have arose that you were too scared to do. Maybe you were embarrassed or that fear of man was rising up on the inside of you. But God is the God of endless opportunities. He's going to do it again. And just to know, it's going to look scary. It's going to look... Like you don't want to do it, but just do it. Just do it anyways, right? We're cowboy church. We're brave, courageous. So that path to victory is not always paved smooth. You know, back in Jesus's day, there were not asphalt paved roads. And to me, looking, thinking about it is that it was probably, a, you know, a well-driven road with carriages or people walking on it. So it was padded down, but there were still rocks. There was probably some really good potholes because I'm sure like the city didn't fill all those in just like today. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm sure it was a wild ride. So, and he was on a colt, like, come on, no. So we were sure that it was probably a wild ride. But a few, or actually it was two weeks ago, me and my friend Haley, we had the chance to go hike 
a few 14ers, and that's just one of the things that I love to do. I've lived in Colorado my whole life, and I've only just started climbing those big mountains that we can see out, out here on the Front Range. And um, when we got up to where we were going, our plan was to only hike two that day because there's saddles between them, so they're not super, like, crazy going up and down, actually climbing four of them. But we got there and we're like, four of them? Like, that doesn't sound too bad. Let's just get started. Let's go. And when we walked up to the trails, there was a T or a, sorry, a fork in the trail. And you could go this way, which is the way that everybody was going. It was like a mule train walking up the side of this mountain. And it had these nice, long, slopey trails. And it was just tons of people. And then on this side was this steep mountain that had like this little zigzag trail or it just went straight up and there was nobody on it except for two people we could see at the very very top and so we were like uh which one should we do and both me and Haley are like we don't want to be around people like let's just go hike where nobody is but then we were a little scared because we we're like that one looks really dangerous um but these other there was a few other people that just went ahead of us on that trail and we're like let's do it let's go and I'm so glad we did because when we got to the top of that really, really steep mountain, we looked back down and we we're like, we are so glad that we don't have to go down that one. That one looks, it was hard to climb up, but down that one was way more dangerous. So we chose that way more wild ride trail and we got to the top and it was cold and it was windy but from there we could see and when you're down at the bottom you could not see the other mountain top so we looked from the bottom it looks like one over here and then one over here but there's supposed to be four up there so we got to the top of that first mountain and we could look out and we could see those other mountain tops and then we went and climbed those other two mountains and then once we got to the saddle of the last mountain, so we climbed, sorry if I'm not explaining this really well, but we climbed three, three 14ers. We were coming back down the saddle of the, the third one, and the sun was shining, it was really, really beautiful, and there were mountain goats out, which is really cool because mountain goats is not something that you really get to see, especially around here. They're usually way up high in the mountains. And this guy was big and healthy and beautiful, and he was not scared of us. He was just hanging out, like waiting for people to come by and wave at him or something. And God showed me something with that little gift that we got to see with that goat. As if we would have went up that easy slope, not that it was easy, it's still a 14er, but if we would have chose that more worn, well, well-worn path that had the nice easy trail up there, I guarantee that goat wouldn't have been awake and up there and greeting everybody to see him. So when we chose that harder trail, it prepared us to get over there to, to see him, and it also prepared him to wake up and be a gift and a blessing for us to see. And I want to just point out, so when we choose that easier, more well-traveled path, it's not that we won't get to heaven or that we're in direct defiance of God, it's that we might miss out on the extreme blessings and abundance that Jesus died for because the journey prepares us for the greatest victory. And so with that today, guys, like, man, I love you guys, and I'm so glad that I got to do this. This is an, an extreme honor for me to get to stand in this pulpit. Um, but more than anything, I just want you guys to leave today knowing that... You have Holy Spirit inside of you. You have a good, good father. 
And all he's asking for is to trust him. Give him something to work with. Take the step. Take that courageous step. Surrender your heart to him. Surrender to Holy Spirit. And walk in obedience. Walk, do the, do the will of the Father. Follow after him because you, because you know him. And if you don't know him, spend more time with him. So I want to pray over you all today. And as we're bowing our heads here and everything, I just want to ask some questions as we're praying as well, okay? Father God, we just thank you so much. We thank you that you are such a good, good father and that you never turn your back on us, especially when we miss your opportunities or maybe we just hasn't been reading our Bibles enough or we haven't been praying or all of those things, Father, that you just you're constantly with us and you're constantly chasing after our hearts, God. And as we're all here together today, God, I just, I just pray that we can, we can just ask ourselves these questions. Are we living what we're preaching? Are we living what we're posting on social media? Are we loving those that we disagree with? Are we praying for those that are committing sins and atrocities in our country? Last I knew, Jesus died for everyone, not just those who fit into our boxes of good people. Are we dismissing and not offering grace to those who ask us to conform? Even Jesus asked the Father to forgive those who are crucifying him. Are we becoming shameless in the spotless bride that Jesus came back for? Or are we too distracted and not being the light of the world that we are called to be? And Father God, I just... I just pray, I pray for each one of us, God, that you would just search our hearts. That if there is something, anything, addiction, um, a mindset that maybe is not of you, just wrong thinking, maybe there's a fence that we've been holding in our, in our hearts towards somebody or some group. Father God, we want to be useful to you. We want to be your boots on the ground. We want to be children who are stepping out and cr- taking those courageous steps for you, Father, completely, 100% surrender to your Holy Spirit. Father, God, fill us up with that. And maybe today you haven't got to make that courageous first step in raising your hand and saying, Jesus, I want you. I want you in my heart. And if that's you today, just raise up your hand. If you want to take that first courageous step, I would love to pray with you. I would love to just offer you what I know about Jesus and that what his word says. And so if that's you, just get with us afterwards here. And Father God, I just thank you so much for the people that maybe, maybe they have been those people that have been crying out, God, just take us. And I, I don't know anything about what your word says that maybe I'm supposed to stay here and spread the gospel, but man, that seems hard and I don't want to do it. And I just want to get out of here. I pray for all of us that have had those thoughts or we've spoken that out right now, that that is not the mindset of Jesus and that we need your mindset. We have the mind of Christ. And I just pray that over you today. And I just thank you so much for coming and just giving me the chance to speak this to you all. And I just love you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen.